to Dub and Dragon Radio. I'm your host, Emma Ruschak. I'm here with wonderful author, Tiffany Wright. Welcome. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Now, you wrote a book on one of my favorite subjects, being an entrepreneur and finding money. <laughs> we, we always hear about it. There's always money out there for entrepreneurs. You actually wrote a book on it. Yes. Yes, I did. The funding is out there. Access the cash you need to impact your business. <laughs> I mean, um, it sounds like a myth as an entrepreneur to find the money that you need. Well, it, I actually wrote it because I was, um, when I wrote the first, I wrote a book several years ago and I wrote that out of frustration. <laughs> I wrote the next one to uh, the funding is out there because, you know, things had changed as a result of the meltdown in the mm -hmm. financial system because of, you know, homes and was it, the mortgage market crashing and all of that. But anyways, the, it was, you know, I would encounter a lot of business owners and they would say, I don't, I can't get any money. I can't, I can't, that word, I can't. Mm -hmm. When you say I can't, you automatically shut down the possibility of, finding something. And I'd say, well, you know, how many banks have you applied to? I applied to two. <laughs> and I was thinking, okay, I've heard of entrepreneurs who've applied to 20. But yeah, it was never those folks who said that they couldn't find the money. It was always the ones who had applied to two. Two of the largest banks in the, in the, in the U.S., um, which don't typically cater to small businesses. Right. So, um, so I would just, you know, I would run into this or, or I would get the, um, my business isn't fundable or there's, you know, there's no options out there for small businesses. And I was just aware of so many different options. And so I just started to get, I started to ask people, have you tried this? Have you tried that? Mm -hmm. Have you done this? How did your financials look? How did you approach the bank? Did you approach a business banker? Did you go to the branch manager? All these things. And I just found that it was, no, no, they hadn't done any of that. No, they only thought of angels like tech angels, you know, these big, yeah. amazing angel investors, you know, they, or big banks. So, yeah, so I just wanted to document all the different options that are out there in a way and get people to think as creatively about funding as they do about other aspects of their business. Exactly. It's not just about the business. You have to have a business plan. And I just wrote going from an LLC to a C Corp, a business plan that started off to be 17 pages and it wound up to be uh, 308 pages. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. But there's a lot of numbers in there. Um, okay. Yeah, okay. it's a lot of numbers. Um, but there's money out there if you're looking for it. Sometimes yeah. you have to have a 650 credit score. It's this reality. So I said sometimes, not always. <laughs> depends well, on who it, you're going to. It, it, right. It depends on who you're going to and what you need. So the first thing I, I tell business owners to do is to think about what you need the money for. Mm -hmm. And because if you think about that, instead of saying, I need to get a loan from a bank, again, you open up the universe of possibilities. So do you need it for marketing? If you need it for marketing, if you can't get the bank loan or you're having difficulty get the, getting the bank loan, 
then you might be able to find a co-marketing entity. You might be able to find a strategic partner. You might be able to find, um, you might be able to cobble together and get sponsors. Who knows? But there's different ways to go about getting the money if you need it for marketing. If you need, or you could barter. If you need it to bring on, like um, I've had you know, several clients that wanted to bring on a CEO or COO, mm-hmm. but there's, and that person wanted $150,000 a year, but you could do things like give a portion of equity or you could give a portion of the profits or something like that instead of just having to shell out 150000 up front. Mm-hmm. There's, there's, if you have receivables or if you have, or if you have inventory or other kinds of assets, there's asset-based lenders that will lend against that that are not banks. So there's accounts receivable firms that will lend against your accounts receivables just like a bank would, but you don't have to have a high credit score. You or your business doesn't need to have them because they focus on the credit score of the actual businesses that are, are generating that, you know, that you're generating the invoices with. There's, if you are looking for equipment loans, there's the, the manufacturers or distributors, and there's third-party equipment lenders that, that focus on different industries. For instance, banks don't like to lend against rolling stock. That's cars, well, not so much cars, but more trucks. Mm-hmm. They don't like to lend against trucks because when it's time to get those trucks back because the, <laughs> the company hasn't been paying, it's, um, it's loan, they have to go and chase the, you know, they have to go and find the rolling stock because you can move it anywhere. Right. And that's not what banks do. But there's third party entities out there that finance rolling stock like trucks or delivery trucks, big 18 wheelers. Mm-hmm. And that's what they do. They know how to find those folks and they know how to, you know, how to get the vehicles back if they need to. They also know how to better assess the risk. So it's, there's different ways to get the money and you might need to look at multiple ways. Um, especially if you have, you know, if you're looking at, let's say you're a $3 million company and you need 750,000 in funding for different things. I've had clients where we put together, you know, like three different ways to get the money. Right. Yeah. It's something like my business. You need 250000 for contract fees. Mm-hmm. Once the contract fees are done, then you have the marketing, you have the distribution, and you have everything set up. So that setup is now worth $100 million. Mm-hmm. But it's to get to that there, you have to have the legal fees. Well, to get the legal fees, you have to have a lender. So, Right, right. There's, there's all those... There's different steps and 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 different. Every business is different. (laughs) Every business, right? Every business is different. And you can look at two different pizza places. I just had me pizza last night, so it's on my brain. (laughs) But those two pieces, pizza businesses, are not ran the same. So they're two different entities. So their funding, how they get funding, is going to be different. It it could be in restaurants. You know, entities that fund restaurants fund restaurants. And so, you know, in, in industries, the, the similarities between industries or, in, or companies within industries are going to 
you know, are going to be very high. So yes, well, it's different because you could have someone who, you know, there may be a pizza shop, a, a sole proprietor, you know, one person owning, running this one shop. Or you could have a franchisee that's part of this huge conglomerate, you know, that owns 650 stores themselves. Stores, right. And so obviously, if you're a franchisee, you have access to money from the corporate, from the corporation, they probably have banking relationships and all of that. And if you're the single proprietor, sole proprietor, then you don't have access, you don't have those same, you know, the same back yeah backstop of of support so it's so yeah so you're right in that case it's going to be very different yes your your restaurants but it's going to be very different but you can think okay what you know if you're are you generating a lot of business are you able to differentiate differentiate yourself from your competitors if you're really loyal if you have a really loyal following you could i've seen this where something called a direct offering um, typically it's not done with a restaurant with a pizza restaurant but I've seen I've seen it done with other smaller businesses you can you can um, sell to your if you sell you can sell directly to your customers mm -hmm. yeah a direct public offering that would be selling shares in the in the company or you could just you know pre-sell Especially now in terms of like COVID-19, if you're having issues, but you have all this loyal, you have a, 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 big, a loyal following, you could pre-sell into next year, you know, um, let's see, one pizza a month for 12 months or something like that and get revenue up front. Now, obviously, you have to make sure that you can cover the cost and all of that on the back end. So make sure that whatever you're selling, you are covering all of your... Overhead. all of the costs involved in selling that in making it and selling it but you could pre-sell um whatever it is that you're making whether it's food or products or services and this is what i often tell companies that if you are you know it's about cash the whole reason you need funding is because you need to manage your cash you're not either you're not generating enough operational cash flow from the regular operations of your business or your uh, or you are you know there's a gap between when you're paid and when you have to pay out and so if there's a gap um, for instance construction is a big is a big one because typically with large contractors or large uh, entities like government entities mm -hmm. or corporations they typically will pay the uh the developer or whatever and then the developer has to pay the general contractor then the general contractor has to pay the subcontractor so it could be 90 days before you get paid and meanwhile you're shelling out all this money and that causes that's why the the failure rate in construction among smaller entities is so high because of that that cash gap. Yeah, yeah but what you could do is you could, like for instance, if, you're, if you have some residential customers, you make them prepay. Before I come and do anything on your house, you must pay me a portion of the funds up front. I don't care if I, you know, to make you feel more comfortable, I can hold those funds in escrow. Um, but basically, I have those funds to draw down upon before I do any work. 
So I have the money to buy the materials. I have the money to pay my people. I'm not paying all of that up front and then having to go back and get the money from you. But that's, so that's what companies have to really think about is their cash. They need to project their cash out 12 weeks out and see when they'll have, when, you know, they'll have gaps in their cash and figure out what they need to do to manage that gap. Is it to get a line of credit? Is it to go out and get other kinds of funding? Or is it to better manage their operations? Right. It, there's different steps for each part of that. Mm -hmm. And it's, okay, one, you have to make sure you know your numbers for your business. Mm -hmm. You have to know your cash flow. You have to know the negative. You have to know your P&Ls. Yes. There's things that as a business owner or entrepreneur, you you get the funding because they're going to ask you questions and you sit there and go, uh, I don't know. Yes. Yes. You're, you're so right. And that's, that's what I, um, that's something that I often see with business owners is they don't, um, they don't realize the impact of their operations on their actual funding. And you do need to understand your need to understand what's going on in your finances in order to be able to talk credibly to whomever you're trying to get money from. And there's a lot of small business owners, especially those that are, that are generating under one to 2 million in revenue. Mm -hmm. um, who, who, they only created income statement. I'm sorry, I've, I've seen this. They only create an income statement when they give their financials to their accountant mm -hmm. who, who then needs to create an income statement for their taxes. And, but on a monthly basis, they're just kind of winging it. They're not paying attention. You need to look at your income statement each month. You need to close out your books for the month and you need to see how you performed and you need to compare that month after month. And, and you also need to take a look at your balance sheet because that's where you can see if your receivables are going up or your, you, you can just see a lot by looking at both of those two. And so what I found lots of times when people can't get money from a bank is because they don't have, their financial statements aren't, aren't in order. And if you're, and, and I just need people to think about this, if you're saying, I want you to lend me a hundred thousand or five hundred thousand or two million, but I can't really tell you much about my business except what I do, and that I have some great customers. <laughs> exactly. Like I said, I was doing my business plan, and I have a friend that's helping me with the business plan. We're going through all the numbers, and the normal business plan for what they were looking for was eighteen pages. By the time we broke down everything, there's 308 pages. Okay. Now, now on that, I would just say, when I, when I tell people to give something to the bank, it's only five to seven pages. Because if you, obviously, if you gave, the longer, the longer, now, now for yourself to work through all of that and to understand all of that, I think it's an excellent, it's an excellent uh, undertaking. To be fair, the first 20 pages is actually what went to the bank. The rest, okay. of, it, yeah, the rest of it is, okay, here's everything itemized. <laughs> yes. 
Okay, there you go. Yes, because I typically say write up a five to seven pager and then you attach the income statements and so on. And then that, you know, that whole thing might be about 20 pages. But the, you know, the income statements for the past two or three years and the balance sheet for the past two or three years um, as, as supporting, you know, information and then some projections because obviously you're going to pay the bank back mm -hmm. based on what's going to happen. So you, they would like to see some projections and they'll play with the numbers themselves, but they, they feel much more comfortable <laughs> when you, when they believe that you understand what's going on with your business. So, um, and then I just want to also emphasize to people that no matter where you are, like if you, you get turned down by a bank and by the way, I say go for the community banks mm -hmm. in the U S if people were paying attention, those people, the small companies that got quickly funded um, with the PPP, the Paycheck Protection Program, mm -hmm. they were funded through community banks, community banks. It was not the Chase and the Wells Fargo's and so on of the, in the U.S., the big banks. It was the small community banks. So community banks are, are typically very small business focused, mm -hmm. and they have people that sit on their board that are entrepreneurs. And, you know, they, they're, they're small business owners. Some of the people on the board, may, you know, some of their business may be 50 million or 100 million in revenue, but they're still small business owners. They're not executives of large fortune 500 companies. <laughs> right. right. So, the thing is with small business community banks, they yes. want your business. They want yes. to have a new business in their community. Yes, Why? because we're putting new jobs in that community. Yes, they do. And they and so they they want the business and they understand it because they work with a lot of small business owners. So the risk is lower to them because they understand what um, your, the, your business and the market and the environment and all of that. And then the other thing you want is you want a business banker. You want someone with the, with the title of VP or above. The different places sometimes use different titles, but generally it's vice president or above. If it's manager, no. For instance, a, a branch manager might have, might have signature authority for 50,000, but a business VP might have signature authority for 500,000 or a million. So if you're going for a $200,000 loan, What's the likelihood that it's going to get approved by a branch manager who has no say whatsoever in these discussions about who gets approved and who doesn't, or a VP who is well-respected and whose loans generally do pretty well? Um, I would say the VP <laughs> who, who sits on the, um, um, you know, who, who can explain the position of the company. And then the other thing is, some banks use portfolio, uh, what do you call it, committees. Mm -hmm. But it's just a bunch of business bankers sitting around and saying, I, you know, my client needs this and your client needs that and they're discussing. That's what the committee is. So you want someone who, to go to bat for you. Right, to go to bat for you. So that is a business banker. And then the other thing I say is follow the banker because bankers have a tendency to move around. Mm -hmm. So once you have a good relationship with the banker, follow the banker. So if the banker leaves the bank, you leave the bank and go with that banker. The only, and, and then the last thing is just have a backup because I did have a client 
whose banker was phenomenal and they were with him for 10 years and then he opted to go to Dubai for three years so they couldn't follow him there. <laughs> yeah, that happens. I mean, we, we lose so many good people to Dubai. Yeah. <laughs> Right, right. And then, of course, then their loan was called and all of that. So, yes, follow the banker, but just have a have a backup Excellent. relationship. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we have so many good bankers over in Dubai. I mean, my business partner is actually in Dubai. Oh, really? So I'm like, we have that that uh, backup. We have his banker and my banker. <laughs> so... That's funny. That is yeah, funny. That is so funny <laughs> that you brought that one up. So where can our listeners and follow, or followers find you? Okay. They can find me at the Resourceful CEO. Uh, actually, the Resourceful CEO salesgrowth.com. And there for, you know, whatever kind, whatever company you are, you can download an ebook that will tell you, um, help you identify within 45 minutes, anywhere from 10000 to $100,000 in new revenue sources. Um, yes, yes. It, depending on the size of the company. Obviously, if you're a $100,000 company, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's more like 10000 But if you're a million-dollar company, then obviously it's more you're like You're looking at about 10% of what your company is worth. He, Yes, yes, in terms of it's and it's just you know additional leads, additional just things that a lot of businesses don't look at because mm-hmm. um, I, I do I focus on finances and operations, and mm-hmm. it's just a lot of things that people don't think about, like your um, like I had a client that you know have clients that do bids, mm-hmm. but you need to examine your bid win rate because you spend a lot of time doing these bids, but if you have certain types of clients that your bid win rate is 30 to 40% and other clients where your bid win rate is 5%, you need to focus on those 30 to 40% clients and you need to identify and pursue more clients like that and figure out why, um, why is your bid win rate so high with them? Mm-hmm. So then you can be more successful. So those are the kinds of things that, you know, I, I just kind of brush over in the ebook at, so oh, at the resourcefulceosalesgrowth.com. And then, of course, you, you can find my book on Amazon. <laughs> the funding is out there. <laughs> yes, but it, I mean, really, the funding is there. During the whole COVID lockdown, everything I do gets shut down. So, yeah. So I started working with a friend who is an investment banker. Okay. So he's like, well, find me clients while you're bored. I'm like, Okay, find you clients for what? <laughs> Tell me, right. find, you, find your client is like, okay, what kind of client are you looking for? Because every investment banker has their own, yes, what they look for. Yes. Do you want yes. a $10,000 deal or do you want a $100 million deal? You know? Yes, yes. And that's the other thing business owners just need to think about. It's the same kind of thing. Who's your ideal client? It's like, uh, just the other day I had someone who told me, um, an acquaintance of mine, who said, hey, I'm, I'm looking for a job, when a VP position at a um, health, you know, at a healthcare company. I said, okay, hospitals or private practice? Um, VP of what? <laughs> so it was like, uh, 
me to be able to identify an opportunity that's good for you. I need more specifics. So it's the same kind of thing with a with a business. The more general you are, the the less the less likely that I'm going to come to you for your business. I'm, I'm going to come to you as a customer. Because if you say you can do everything for, you can do anything that I want, I'm not going to believe you. Nobody can do everything well. No one, no one, no one. And so if you, you tell me that you can, I'm just not going to believe you. So what is it that you focus on? What is it that you really do well? Do that and do that really well, and then expand from there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can't just go, oh, I'm gonna have a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B, I'll take all of column C. No, it doesn't work yeah. that <laughs> No, it doesn't. Customer service suffers, or something su suffers, mm -hmm. or you can't, you know, you, 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 if you might be able to hold the hand of one customer, but then you can't add, you know, you can only handle three customers at a time. So right. it's something you've got to give. So people just need to, business owners need to focus on what it is that they can do and they can do well and find that, find those ideal customers. And when you're doing a business, I'm running into this now, as you're expanding and you're going through your expansion and you hire people to take care of your employees, your managers, mm -hmm. you have to have that give with you. The employees that they know they need to contact your manager before they contact you oh yes yes that's that's the it, it it's funny um the last two and a half years i spent a lot of time working one-on-one -on -one with companies in the 10 to 50 million dollar range mm -hmm. and i never realized that the organizational chart mm -hmm. was so powerful it is so powerful it's something that i kind of took for granted but it's the organizational chart. It's being aware of your goals. So it's not just the chart. Uh, it's what are the company's goals and what do you want your employees to do and how do you want them to do it? And then how do you tie that all together and make sure that the communication flows the way it's supposed to. Mm -hmm. And the organizational chart is how you, is how you make sure that all the communication flows the way it's supposed to and it's just it's powerful because you can't as a owner manager you can't drive everything and expand if everyone is coming to you you have to push it down to your management team and so you can't have people jumping over your management team every time there's an issue they have to go to their manager and and only escalate up to you if it doesn't get resolved. So you have to push it down, but then you also have to empower your managers or they have to feel empowered. Yes, but yeah. that's a perfect thing. It's like, okay, you have your employees and you have your human resource manager. Mm -hmm. Then you have your COO and then it goes up to the owner. But you have to have everyone in line because there should be a separation between the uh, CEO and the employee because the CEO has to build the business. Yes. The human resource manager is your, okay, guys, what's going on? What's the problem? How can I fix it? Right. So, right. That is so true. And I've, I've seen it. Like I have one, one client, a distribution company that was almost 50 million in revenue 
but the owner had the owner CEO mm-hmm. was actually the, the the CEO was not the owner. It was a family run business, but mm-hmm. the, C, the CEO was not the owner. But the CEO had mm, like once we actually figured it out, twenty something people reporting to yeah. that person. Twenty. It was like twenty six or twenty seven people you reporting can't be to that person. Effective that way. You can't totally, totally ineffective, and 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 the turnover was ridiculous. People were leaving like crazy, and it's because, you know, the only way you can do things that way is to micromanage, and then then you're, you know, you're jumping from and putting out fires and all of that. So yeah, that was completely, totally changed, and we brought in a really good COO who focused on the operations so that the CEO could focus on other things. Mm-hmm. Which is good because then the trade wars came. <laughs> and so the CEO was able to focus on that. Right. You have to be able to focus yeah. on your money, on your business, and yeah. doing because you don't want to ever be a stagnant business. Right. 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 You, you, there's some kind of change always happening, and you want to be, you want to be on the positive side of the change. Yes. And the stronger you can make your business, the 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 and the more flexible. No, and I want to say that also that strong is not so strong. You know, you need to have. You ever seen the big trees? You know, when mm-hmm. there's a lot of wind and stuff, they bend and sway. Mm-hmm. So you you want to be strong, but you don't want to be brittle. So yeah. flexible. Some when things happen, you want to be the pine tree, not the oak. Yes, you want to. be <laughs> well sometimes the oak is good if you're if you're like a let's see cable companies or any of those very large infrastructure companies then it it pays to be an oak but for most companies the pine tree is much better <laughs> well we're almost out of time it was so wonderful talking to you thank you for having me <laughs> and please Look Tiffany up. She has a lot of great advice and a free ebook on her website. Yes. Again, the resourceful CEO salesgrowth.com. Thank you very much. Thank you.